This is the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your virtual design guide to help you and your family have a healthy, beautiful landscape with less work. What's up and welcome to episode 16 of the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about when to hire a designer. That's right, guys. When it comes to our landscape and our projects, sometimes it's just best to hire something out uh, for multiple reasons. But of course, uh, sometimes you just want to do things yourself too. So we're going to try and tease out when is for you, you know, this is again, different for each person, each individual situation, each property and each family. Um, So for you, when is it the right time to look for a designer, maybe for a consultation or for full design work or design and implementation work? So today we're going to go through a, basically a Q&A checklist of things you can use um, to decide for your landscape whether you should hire a designer or not. And and that's really it, guys. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So the way I'm going to break this out is, is a little bit of background and uh, just to align us on what our goals are again for for our landscape and then all and then going into uh, what you can consider for your projects and when is a designer right for you so some of the questions you should be asking yourself and then after that uh, if you've decided to hire a designer what you need to do to make sure you get the best out of working with your designer and also maximize their potential at the same time and and how to make sure you have a good situation, a good relationship with your designer, and to get the most money's worth out of out of that um, that relationship. And and a little bonus at the end for anybody who's in Ohio, I've got a great resource for you as well. So uh, with that, let's get into the topic today. So a little bit of background on on this whole thing and a refocus on our goals. And so the first is is a background for me and. And where I'm coming from, and this might help you understand things, and and also might help ground us with uh, this whole discussion. So for me, I grew up, and I still am, in in many ways, a do-it-yourselfer. I'm a person who likes to, you know, s- slap on my boots, go out there, throw on some uh, split leather gloves, and get to work, you know, and do it myself. Get dirty, um, get some sweat out, and uh, and have a good time at the same time, you know. Make at the end of the day feeling like you actually did something. There's something to be said about that, you know. To, to build things yourself, to look back, see your, your accomplishments, and, and feel good about it, you know? Um, that's how I grew up. That's how my parents raised me. That's what, what my parents are, too. Most of the things in our house, the whole the whole house basically needed rehabbed when I was growing up, and, and so I was thrust into that situation. I was up on our roof shingling at a, a ripe old age of probably, I, I don't know, it was I was like seven or eight years old the first time I was up on the roof. And, and now child services would probably be knocking on people's doors if something like that happened. But uh, but back then, you know, I, I survived, right? And my siblings survived. And, uh, and I know how to do roofs at an age of uh, seven or eight years old. So uh, yeah, but that's how I grew up. And, and so there's something to be said and admired about doing it yourself. But at the same time, sometimes it's it's the most value for your life, for your time, or for your family just to just to have somebody come in and and do the process uh, the right way sometimes and or the you know the easier way or the time saving way. So there are multiple reasons to hire a designer and and 
I'll admit back in the day, um, not too, uh, distant, uh, past I've, you know, I kind of turned my nose up at, at, uh, people who have somebody come in and, and, and help with their landscape or, or their house or whatever is, you know, it's a resourceful way to, to do things yourself. But I've come to realize sometimes our time is the most valuable thing. And that's again, what this, you know, this podcast is really about is it's not just about landscapes. It's about time. And and having time to spend with your family and the things you care about and the things you value. And if something like hiring a designer can free up the time and the energy and the peace of mind for you to do things that you care about in your life, then it's totally worth it. Um, and I'm saying totally worth it from the standpoint of, of the monetary input you require to do that, as well as just the you know, being able to admit to yourself that, that somebody else has a better skill set with this or a more appropriate skill set with this. And I'm going to value their time to help me with this, to get it done properly, to get it done potentially faster or potentially better. And, and that's going to free me up to do more valuable things with my life. And that's what we're really talking about here today. So that background, you know, I come from a do-it-yourselfer background, but I acknowledge now that there is value in, in bringing some expert in to help you uh, for multiple reasons. And so that's what we're going to tease out today is, is, is there a right reason for you to hire a designer to come help you either design your landscape, consult with you on a few things, or potentially do the design and installation? So the whole, you know, the whole, high, whole nine yards. And there are even designers that uh, have partnerships or have a you know a crew that helps with the maintenance, the long-term maintenance, uh, not only establishment phase but the maintenance phase as well. So things to consider here as we go through this process. Um, now I want to say you know coming from a do-it-yourself background, I also acknowledge that there are drawbacks to this, and that's kind of what I'm getting at today. Is the other side of the coin of the do-it-yourself type attitude and the you know get it done attitude is is doing it yourself it's good for small projects um generally you know uh doing it yourself can save a lot of hassle actually if you just get it done you know bang something out if it's something you can attain yourself and it's a manageable size project for you and maybe a a few family members or a few friends or a few neighbors to kind of come together and get something done and you know have some good camaraderie at the same time there's there's certainly a, something to be said about that and you know, I guess it's the modern day barn raising, if you think about it that way. And DIY can be also be good for the maintenance phase if it's not too overbearing and it's something you can do and something that actually connects you with your landscape. It might be worth it too to do it yourself, right? But on the flip side, doing it yourself can take time, right? It can take away valuable time if this is time you'd rather be spending doing something else. So something to consider there. As well as it, doing it yourself, especially when you're talking about your whole landscape, it can be a haphazard project process. Excuse me. And so, what I mean by this, this is actually the case of our landscape right now. Is I haven't sat down with our landscape. It's kind of a li- <laughs> in a little bit. I'm a, I'm ashamed to admit this, uh, but I guess ashamed is a strong word. But uh, I'm a little embarrassed. That's a better word, right? Embarrassed to admit that that I haven't sat down and fully designed a comprehensive plan of our landscape yet. And it's simply because I haven't sat down and focused on it. But it's it's something, part of the plans, and I, I definitely hope to share that with you guys too because it's a fun and exciting process. But but so 
as a result, our landscape is kind of like a haphazard landscape. There's, it's just kind of been slapped together. There's a few random plants here and there that, that probably shouldn't be where they are because it hasn't been properly planned. And, and I was, I'm definitely a victim of the, uh, the clearance aisle plants sometimes like, Oh, this is a great plant. I just need to have this. And then I don't actually have a plan for where to put it. And so it ends up getting put in just kind of a random spot. So, uh, sorry to my wife, Corey for this, uh, if she's listening, you know, uh, this, this is kind of how our landscape is right now. And, and, definitely the plan to make it better. So I'm, I'm accounting on you guys to hold me accountable to, to plan our landscape properly for the sake of my wife and my family and my neighbors. Uh, help me out with that. Right. Okay. So it can be haphazard is my point there. And at the same time, you can also, by not fully planning it or not having done it properly, you can actually lead to long-term issues in your landscape, whether these are maintenance issues or design issues, it can lead to long-term problems. So that's just something to consider when you're doing it yourself. It's, are you in over your head, basically, or do you really know what you're doing? And that's something to consider, and it's really important. Okay, now I want us to take a bit of a step back and think big picture about why we want to have a lower maintenance landscape. And remember again, if if this is your first episode, maybe you haven't heard this, but and I really strongly recommend you go back and listen to episode one of the podcast. And also, if this is your first episode, thank you for listening. And I'm really excited you're here. This is awesome stuff to me. I'm really excited about this podcast and sharing all of, of my knowledge with you. And I hope you come here to save time in your landscaping. And, and that's really what it's about here is, is, is that your landscape and your life, when it comes to both of those things, your life is more important than your landscape and being out there and having to to sit there and maintain it all the time. And so what I'm sharing on this show is tips and tricks and tactics on how to save time in your landscape so you can spend the important parts of your life on what's most important to you and that time in your life on what's most important to you. So that's what we're really focusing on here is we want beauty in our landscape. We still want to have a beautiful landscape, but we also want to have to be able to spend less work on it. So we're not talking about a botanical garden here that we want in our yard where we have to be out there every day managing it, maintaining it to keep it pretty and attractive for when we come home from work and want to have a little breath of fresh air and and uh, beautiful Uh, site to look at when we come home or when we have guests over, right? So we still want that beauty, but we don't want to be a slave to our landscape where we're working at it all the time and having to maintain it and keep it proper so it, it looks right and looks nice. And so I want to just point out that there are many designers that are, are very good at designing beautiful landscapes, but they don't always design low maintenance landscapes. With that said, though, there there is a growing population of designers out there that do design beautiful, low-maintenance landscapes. And that is our goal here. So when we're looking for a designer, I want to preface this whole discussion now with we want to fi- try and find a designer that is capable of designing you a landscape that you don't have to be out there maintaining. You don't have a ton of plants with disease issues that you're trying to fix and a ton of just general issues that you have to be out there working on or a lot of pruning and mowing and all that stuff. So when we're talking about hiring a designer, we're talking about hiring a designer that's capable of producing a low-maintenance landscape for you that is beautiful and enjoyable at the same time. 
All right, we've covered a good amount of background now about, first of all, where I come from. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer, hopefully you can identify with that a little bit. And if not, that's perfectly fine too. But I at least want to give you guys the perspective that even though I come from that background, I acknowledge that there are times where it's actually really beneficial to have a designer coming in and helping you. And and also, we've also covered our goals, right? What's our overarching goal? And that is to give us more freedom in our life, right? And not to have to be, you know, sent outside to to take care of our landscape or spend a bunch of money to maintain it and that sort of thing. So, so those are our goals. Now let's get into how do we choose whether or not to hire a designer and and help focus us on on dis- making that decision right i want to make that decision very easy very as clear cut as possible for you so you're not stressing out whether or not you made the right decision so let's get into it here is what to consider about your yard projects and also i want to point out that if you go over to the show notes it's basically you can print this out or copy it and paste it as essentially a checklist. All right. All of these questions I'm talking about, I've gotten the show notes so you can go over there. You don't have to be writing notes down or whatever. If you're driving, you know, you just focus on your driving and you know, and generally speaking too, guys, just so you know, all the show notes have a, a basic general outline of the, the podcast. So for one, you can scan it over and see if it's worth listening for you. I, I'll, I'll totally acknowledge that, you know, some podcasts are worth listening to, and I'm not going to say, every single podcast is is going to be the most value for you and if and I want to save you guys time even in listening to this podcast right so so if you want to scan out the show notes and see which podcasts are valuable to you each show notes has a basic general outline of the show and what I talk about and of course the the whole show is a is in further depth and so for today basically you can go over to the show notes and get a a, a printable outline of the questions I'm talking about here and and whether or not to hire a designer for your landscape and then also what characteristics to look for in in your designer relationship. Okay, so let's get into it. First, I want to say when it comes to considering your yard projects, do you know what you're doing? Do you actually know what to do with your project, how to plan it, and then how to implement a design and, and how to establish and maintain your project? If these are if one or more of these things are, are unknowns for you, it might be worth hiring a designer. And if you feel pretty comfortable with this stuff, again, a lot of this is based on the scale, which is going to be another question later, is how big of a project are you talking about and how comfortable do you feel about it? If this feels like an unknown or a big thing, or you find yourself digging through a bunch of YouTube videos just to learn some stuff, it actually might be worthwhile for you to go out and find a designer instead to do some of this work for you because they have the training, they have the experience and the knowledge to to do some of this work, okay? The next thing is what scale is the design, right? We just kind of talked about this. So how big is your design? Are you talking about a, you know, a tiny little garden plot right in front of your your front of your house or around your mailbox or is this a more extensive design that we're talking about where we're going to be planning our whole front yard or our whole backyard or we're dealing with an extensive issue maybe you know you're dealing with some root issues that you want to design out of your landscape somehow or you're dealing with uh, some drainage problems some some of those issues can be more serious and might require the help of a designer or maybe even a 
maybe even a landscape architect to help deal with. You know, some of the more serious issues where you're really doing some massive changes to your landscape might actually require the help of a landscape architect. And that might be out of your scope, right? Because some of this has to deal with larger scale stuff that might affect drainage and and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so what scale is the design? Next piece is how substantial is the change? You know, this kind of goes part and parcel with the last piece of the what scale. Hey, but there's a slight a subtle difference here. How substantial is the change? You know, it could be a small design, but if you're putting in it like a massive retaining wall as part of that design, or you're doing something that might change the drainage on your property or um, something like that, or planting some trees that really are going to change how your property uh, is perceived in the next, you know, 10 years or something, it might be a substantial change that you really want to have some professional opinions on. So, so again, if you're talking about a major change, it might be good to have some of that perspective. Okay, next, do we have existing beauty on our landscape? So do we already have a pretty good design and we're just kind of looking to spruce things up? And maybe this is something you feel pretty comfortable with doing it yourself. You know, maybe it's just the addition or removal of a few plants that might make a big difference. Or, um, you know, kind of sprucing things up with some hardscape elements that are pretty, uh, pretty capable of handling on your own scale. So let's say you do have an existing uh, beautiful space, whatever space you're considering, whether it's a part of your yard or the whole yard. Uh, the, the part I want to say about that too is, is the design piece comprehensive? So does it, does it go through the whole design? Or do you have kind of hodgepodge elements in your design? Uh, whether, again, we're talking about a garden or the whole landscape here. So, so does it look like it um, is, is fully designed? Or do you just kind of have a few hodgepodge pieces put together? And along with that too, is it cohesive? Does it feel like it all fits together? So is it comprehensive and cohesive? Or do you just have like specific parts that are well designed or, you know, parts that are beautiful? Or do you have a good cohesive and comprehensive um, beauty going throughout your design and that's again with your whole landscape you're talking about as well as the specific garden you're talking about and there's good ways uh to figure out having a good cohesive design where it feels like a unified space it feels like a fluid space and it really has its own um, unique character to it so that's important when you're talking about your existing beauty Okay, moving on. Do you know the right timing for your projects? You know, it's really important to to get the timing right where you're planting at the best times, you're dealing with uh, your, or you're avoiding uh, potential weed issues popping up uh, with the way you implement your design is the, the timing of planting your design. And at the same time that you're also giving the best chance for your plants to succeed. So that's really important. Uh, next, do you have time to plan the project? So a good project does take time to plan it out, to articulate what you want for one thing, and to put it into practice. So put it into a, a cohesive design that is is well articulated and then also carried out. And so it, that planning piece that does take a significant amount of time to avoid the right issues. So if you don't have the time, it might be worth the investment to hire an expert to do that for you and to do it in a way where you can feel more confident in the the outcome. So the time is an important piece as we've touched on a lot here. And same with that, do you have time to implement your project? So 
the actual implementation of your project requires a significant amount of time too. And if this is something you enjoy, it might not be that difficult, but it could take away from a lot of family activities. You know, say it takes a weekend. What if you spent that weekend camping with your family or catching up with old friends or visiting uh, distant relatives, things like that, that could be better parts or better time that you spend instead of uh, working on your landscape. So uh, do you just need a super quick spruce up with your landscape? So maybe you're trying to increase the curb appeal. Maybe you're trying to sell your house, right? Um, Sometimes uh, this is something if you feel comfortable, you can do it yourself. But you can also hire a designer to do this too. Say, you know, you you approach your designer and say, look, I just want to, you know, really make my yard pop. Just do a few things that's, you know, not an overhaul of my landscape. Uh, Something low cost that you you can design quickly that can last more than you know, just a season and, but it really, um, you know, spruces up the curb appeal of my house, helps it sell and maybe even increases the value of what I get out of it. So that's something you can think about either for yourself or for a designer. And so, uh, sometimes a quick spruce up of your landscape can really make a big difference and, uh, is worth it. The next, do you lack design skills? Some people, uh, you know, I totally get it are design illiterate. Either they can't, you know, can't perceive what something on paper looks like when you put it in your landscape or they can't go through the design process and that's totally okay there's nothing wrong with that but at the same time it's totally worth acknowledging that some people are really good at design for example i i when it comes to graphic design i am totally graphically design illiterate and this goes to down all the way down to the clothes i wear and so i have to you know talk to Corey, my wife about uh okay does this look okay or not you know and and she has to give me sometimes a uh real um wake up call and you know say hey you know I'll, I'll admit though my older brother wears taper or used to wear tapered jeans that's never been a thing of mine so uh, i have two older brothers and i'm, I'm not going to clarify which one's which but um <laughs> you know i've never at least made that much of a fashion design faux pas but um uh back on topic here uh <laughs> my one of my brothers is a graphic design major and and kudos to him he actually designed me a beautiful logo that's the current logo um, if you look on the screen of your your um, podcast player there you'll actually see the design logo that he designed which is awesome and um and so thanks tim for the design and um the design i had before that i made in powerpoint and and now that i look back at i mean to be fair, I made it in about like 10 minutes when I was trying to launch my brand and it was something I did super quick, but just the color scheme was totally off. The design itself was totally off and, and I was, I am graphic design illiterate. So, um, sometimes just like, just like that, you know, it's totally worth having somebody to come in and coach you on your landscape. And and that's something that's totally okay because some of us are skilled at some things and others of us are skilled at other things and that's fine. Okay. So so that wraps up basically the um, the Q and A checklist I have for you to reflect on for yourself, and as whether as to whether or not you should have a designer come in and help you with your landscape. Whether again it's part of the design process or part of the implementation process or both, um, or, or even just some consultation. And so uh, important things to consider there. And with that, guys, I do want to put a plug in here. You can go over to aestheticecosystems.com slash consulting to get a, a digital consultation with me. Uh, right now, I'm, this isn't going to be something that I'm offering forever, but uh, right now I am offering one-on-one uh, 
virtual consultations with your landscape. And if you have any questions, you know, I have some flexible options there to to consider. And so something for you to consider if you just need a quick chat or consultation or even more in-depth chat and consultation, um, there's a few options there for you to check out. So aestheticecosystems.com slash consulting, and you can check out the link in the show notes as well. Okay, enough plugs for me. Let's get moving on. So some of the benefits of design is that a good design is cohesive. So it feels like a unified space. So if you think about, let's see, um, think about, okay, Washington, D.C., right? For for you Americans out there and a lot of you non-Americans, when you look at, uh, you know, a picture of the U.S. Capitol, you see the big wide expanse of the, um, gosh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the, uh, the terms. I guess it's the Capitol lawn, right? And then those big reflection pools out front too. Well, that design was planned that way to, to give a feeling of power and legitimacy when the U.S. government was still trying to establish itself as a legitimate nation in the, the early phases of the, the United States. Um, and, and that feeling was deliberate to make it look expansive, to make it look like the, you know, the Royal European uh, nations that had these wonderful, beautiful, expansive designs that are very formal and geometrically designed. And so a good cohesive design can actually convey um, a feeling or a um, get you thoughtful or it can it can actually invoke something i guess is what i'm getting at here i guess i guess i'm going too long guys because i'm starting to become uh, at a loss for words so i'll wrap up here soon <laughs> um so a good cohesive design is important and also a designer can actually you know make something feel updated or in style you know what was popular in the 1950s for a landscape design is not popular or even appealing today so that's something where a designer can really help you have the right style or or maybe you want to have a specific style or a unique style. They can really help you with that. And a lot of designers are very well versed in various forms of style. Um, and next, it's just convenient sometimes, right? Sometimes the convenience is worth the expense. Let's be honest. So there is an additional expense when you're hiring a designer for, for any level of, of consultation or help or design work. But sometimes the convenience or the peace of mind or the time you get back for your life is well worth the expense. So again, this is talking about your time, which is more limited than sometimes your expenses in your life. So um, it's just something to consider there. So let's say you've actually decided to hire a designer. What do you do? What do you do to ensure a good relationship that you get the most out of it and that you're happy with the end result? So I want to just go through some things here um, to help you figure that out. And I want to preface this discussion with the what are what are the motivations of your designer, right? So understanding what motivates your designer can be very helpful. You know, they don't just want to most designers, I'll be honest, some some might be not so great, but most designers, they actually want you to be happy. They want you to be to have a good result because most designers for one they want your repeat business. So even though you're designing one part, you might be uh, of your landscape, you might be coming back for a future um, help. Or after your design's been implemented for a few years, you might want to spruce it up or there might be an issue that has arised or something that's changed. And they'll want you to come back to them saying, hey, you did a great job. We need help with this piece next. And can you come help us? In addition, most designers, the word of mouth 
references are the most important means of business for them. And so they want you to be happy enough to tell your neighbors and friends and everybody you know about how good of a job they did. So with that said, what do you need to do to ensure a good relationship? Well, first and and foremost uh, is clear, open, and frequent communication. So you want to be as clear and concise with your communication as possible and also to communicate your expectations. So you might have a certain expectation. And sometimes, I'll be honest, it's very hard for us as clients to to communicate or to vocalize what our expectation is. And so it's it's part of the discussion process of the designer to help understand and maybe even tease out what you're thinking. And unfortunately, not all designers, you know, well, for, of course, we can't all read a crystal ball, right, for ourselves. And the designers can sometimes have a hard time understanding what you want. And so ha- the more you have a chance to discuss your goals, um, the more likely you both will be able to understand what it is you want and to implement that in your designer to make sure it's carried out through the design process. And so it's really important for you to get clear on what you want from your yard. And then once you get clear on that, how to um, convey that to your designer as well. Likewise, this is a family process. So openly discuss with your family about what you want and also what you don't want. And this is personally for you what you want and also to understand from your family what they want. So what, for example, what your kids want out of the landscape might be incredibly important in, in making sure they want to go outside and play, right? Or they want to get outside and, and work with you on the landscape in a way that's healthy. And uh, what your spouse wants from the landscape as well. Um, so what do they want to feel? What do they want to get involved with? How do they want to experience things? Is there something new they want as part of the landscape? And so involving the whole family as part of the landscape is very important. And, and likewise, when I say part of the family, let's face it, a lot of times our pets are a family member too. So what does your pet want out of the landscape? Is there something that can enhance their experience with your landscape if they're an outdoor pet? Um, So uh, something to consider there. And uh, next, make sure you discuss how to make the landscape as low maintenance as possible. This is very, very important because a designer might come in and design a beautiful landscape that's so amazing, um, maybe even from day one. But if it's not a low-maintenance landscape, it's going to become quickly become a burden. It might be very costly to hire somebody to maintain it, or it might be very costly in time for you to maintain it and, and might cause a lot of just problems and stress and burden in the future. So, so really make sure how to make a, la- a low-maintenance landscape for you and, and find the right designer to, to really ensure that. So the next piece is to understand that the designer is the expert here, right? We're hiring somebody for their knowledge, their experience, and their skill set. And, and at the same time, though, they're also the provider of a service. And so because they're the pr- provider of a service, too, you need to ensure that you maximize their knowledge, but also your satisfaction by fully understanding your needs and also clarifying your needs at the same time. So this goes back to the communication piece I was talking about earlier is remember that this person has a unique skill set that you may not have. And because of that, it's really important to get clear on what you want and what they can offer to match that up as best possible to, to get the best value out of what you're working on here. 
The next piece, uh, again, you guys will see a, a very uh, consistent theme of communication here, is to make sure you touch base throughout the whole design process. Make sure you're providing feedback, and this is okay. Even if it's feedback that you don't like, you can do it in a very appropriate way. You don't have to be rude about it. But to provide feedback of, you know what, uh, I appreciate what you're doing here, but but this I don't like, or this I'm not a huge fan of, or or you know, I'm not really feeling this design or I'm having a hard time visualizing whether I would like this. This is all appropriate feedback. And to say, uh, you know, here's, here's some stuff I found that I like, can we make this low maintenance? Uh, And, you know, to provide some visual examples, if you're having a hard time articulating what you want. So finding, taking the effort on your part to go find something you like, or examples of certain things you like, um, put together like a mood board, right? Um, a virtual mood board, or, um, even even a physical one. And, you know, these are the colors I like. These are some design cues that I like. Um, here's some feelings that I enjoy. And again, we're talking about the whole family here and, and trying to really tease out with your designer, um, uh, what you want and, and articulate that as best possible. So providing feedback is okay. And this is throughout the whole design process. So if you're really not feeling something, it's better to rewind and redesign as opposed to put something in that's very hard to change in, after it's put in. Um, so with that, make sure you're providing clarity and also acknowledging, encouraging parts you like. Let me say that again, acknowledging and encouraging parts that you like. So if they're, you know, you're not totally sold on a landscape design proposal, let's say, but there is certain parts you like, maybe your designer can then take what the parts that you like and expand it further or, or further enhance it to really make it a design that just pops for you, that feels right and feels great. And, and, you know, that's what we want here again. The last thing I want to say with touching base throughout the design process is asking as many questions as needed to fully understand. So it's totally okay for you to to question either the process or what they're doing or how they're doing it for you to fully understand. So think of this as uh, what pops in my head here is if you're in the hospital, right? It's the more questions you ask, the more fully you understand things, the more options you potentially have, and, and the more clear you can be and confident you can be in what's being done. And so the same goes here. The the better you understand the process, what's being done, the more confident you can feel, the comfortable you can feel, and also the more you can provide feedback along the way to ensure a happy and, and, uh, caring and, and thoughtful result, I guess. Um, so let's move on then. Okay. The next piece. So let's let's say you've got a design you're happy with, or at least you think you're happy with. Now what happens next? Well, the installation process. And uh, I'm assuming here that you're having the installation done by somebody, right? So the first thing with the installation process is do your best to be present during the installation as much as possible. And the reason for this is, is if there's something that's going on that you don't feel is right, then you can be present, you can talk about it, and you can do it in a way where hopefully uh, nobody gets upset and it takes gets taken care of as quickly as possible, as early as possible. Because again, the later it's caught, the more difficult it is to change something. And so um, be willing to ask if things just don't feel right. So you have to be able to ask questions. And likewise, make sure you let your providers do their work. So 
if you're just curious, you know, how, what does this lever do on the mini excavator that you have? Um, you know, that can really be disruptive to the whole work process of your, the people that are coming in to help you install this landscape. So, so make sure it's the right questions, right? So if you're concerned about what somebody's doing or how they're doing it, and it doesn't just, just doesn't seem right, um, that's okay. But if you're just curious, you know, maybe it's better to ask that afterward or later on, um, like curious with something they're doing or how they do it um, that doesn't really affect the design. So so make sure you let them do their work when they can or they need to, unless it's something you're concerned about potentially or you really want to clarify. So that's what I want to tease out there. The next piece is after the installation process, understand any establishment, establishment needs so what do I need to do to make sure that these plants get properly established? Is there any uh, erosion stuff that I need to be concerned about? Things like that, that, um, you know, the early establishment phase is very important for the success of plants and also the success of design um, for soil health and that sort of thing as well. So it's important to understand what those needs might be because they might assume something that you know that you might not know, actually. So it's really important to understand that. The next piece, of course, is to finalize the payment. Make sure your designer is happy, your installer is happy, um, and that you're happy as well, that you guys have already been clear on, on what payment uh, situation goes on and to just get that wrapped up so it's taken care of. And um, last, this is very valuable, if, especially if you're happy to leave a review or a recommendation for these people, um, whether they have their own website or potentially like Angie, Angie's List or house.com or something like that. If there's a way to uh, leave a review for this person, um, especially if you're satisfied with their work, uh, it can be very beneficial for their business. They will greatly appreciate it. And um, it's it's very helpful. Likewise, if you're if you just say over the top happy with what they've done, um, sometimes a, a testimonial that they can put on their website is incredibly valuable for them. So you can actually leave like a, a you know, just contact them first and say, would you, is this something you would like? And you can actually like record a short video if you're comfortable with that, or, you know, provide a short blurb, a few sentences of, of your satisfaction with them in whatever way. And, and sometimes that feedback is incredibly beneficial for them and their business. So I'm sure they'd greatly appreciate it. So something to think about there, um, of leaving a review or a, a recommendation for them is something that's great. Okay. So, that's what I have today as far as choosing a designer and making sure you're happy with the whole design process if you've if you've made that um, choice. And so the last piece I want to say here is for you lucky people that are from the great state of Ohio or, or live close by, um, what I've done is, is I've put together a resource uh, by doing a collaborative exercise with a lot of the top low-maintenance designers in Ohio and... They've come together, provided a great resource on the top low-maintenance plants that they use in their designs. And so this is um, uh, trees and shrubs. There's a few trees and shrubs, but, but mostly what they've provided is a ton of plants that can go into smaller garden designs, as well as grasses that you can use in your designs as well. And, and this is a great resource that they've provided, but what I've also done is, is shared the participating designers. So these are some of the top designers across Ohio for low maintenance landscapes. And if you'd like to get in touch with any of them today, I've provided a link within the show notes where you can get in touch. I have their contact information there. And for those of them that have websites, I also have their, their websites as well. So you can go check them out. 
And so go over to the show notes, check out the uh, Ohio designers, as well as any other information that you might want to refer to today. And last, if you haven't considered leaving a review for the podcast, just like reviews are great for these designers to to leave reviews on their websites, I'd greatly appreciate it if you like this show to go ahead over to iTunes and leave a review. So I want to share a review that's already on iTunes. Um, from And so for those of you who have left a review, I also want to say thank you very much. Your reviews have been incredibly helpful and and these reviews are helpful for, for new people that are considering listening to the show. It helps them click on that first episode and come check it out. Okay, so I have a review from uh, Zitch Dollar Sign, or maybe that's maybe that's Zix. Um, and Zix says, by the way, I love the usernames that I've seen on, on iTunes so far. And for those of you who don't know that you have to leave this short nickname, and it has to be a unique nickname that hasn't been used before. So what it's led to is some pretty cool creativity um, from from some of the reviewers. So so thank you also for making me chuckle, reviewers. But this is from Zix, and uh, Zix says, Great information, tips, and tricks. Love the talk on soil chemistry. So thank you for leaving a review. And for those of you who also have left a review, thank you very much. And with that, guys, also, thanks for tuning in. And make sure you live with passion. And make tomorrow better than today.